San Francisco 49ers preparing for preseason week two. The theme for this football game, especially for one, Trey Lance, is let it rip. Position battles, players to watch coming up right now on Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock here with you at BB Peacock on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Croc not with me this week. He's going to be back with me next week. He is moving back to California. Fantastic. Love having Croc back in the state with me. We might get together more often. We might have some more podcasts together in the same room. We are going to be in the same room. We're watching week one football San Francisco 49ers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's going to be on the roster? Well, I think a lot of that is going to be determined this weekend, Saturday, 49ers Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Kyle Shanahan, uh, he, he was he was unsure earlier in the week, and then Thursday said that you know what, maybe we might see a glimpse of the starters. We might see Brock Purdy for a series or two. We might see the ones on the field for the 49ers for a series or two. And really, he said he wanted to see the 49ers execute a lot better than they did in preseason week number one. And I think they're set up for it a lot better. First of all, I think those joint practices took precedent over the preseason game for Kyle and the coaching staff in week one of the preseason it, it really felt like the game was somewhat of an afterthought for the 49ers didn't look like they were very prepared didn't look like they really had practiced the, the plays they were running very much it, it, things looked off especially early in the game Trey Lance got a little bit better as it went on some of the protection got a little better as it went on and then and, and, you know they didn't score a lot of points or anything but it did get better as the game went on. So maybe that's a good sign for how they're going to be more prepared for week two. And I thought there was an interesting, there's a, there a few interesting comments. Uh, one of the big comments I saw from Kyle that was a little bit surprising, and I've never really heard it put this way by him before. And I don't know if he was pointing a finger at himself or somebody else on his staff, but he said the 49ers needed a coach better. And I, and I, because Kyle's, you know, he's a coach-centric guy. He's really good at, at finding and developing his coaching staff. It's been one of the superpowers we've talked about here on the podcast for years now with Kyle Shanahan. How good he is at, at getting really good coaches. He's getting multiple head coaches hired away from his staff, right? Uh, finds a what seemed like a really good, I mean, Brian Greasy. Uh, we're like, oh, Brian Greasy coming from the booth to be quarterback's coach for the 49ers. If it wasn't for Brian Greasy, maybe trade, maybe uh, Brock Purdy is not even targeted and drafted by the 49ers, you know? Um, and obviously did a good job coaching him up. And the 49ers quarterbacks played well last year. You know, Trey Lance didn't have much of an opportunity, but Garoppolo played some of his best ball. And obviously Brock Purdy did what Brock Purdy did, which was unprecedented in the history of the league, really, with what he did. So, um, but for Kyle to say they need to coach better is interesting. Maybe was he admitting that they didn't pay enough attention to the game and, and the the joint practices took precedent and they didn't pay close enough attention? Or did he just think that the position groups weren't coached well enough and there was too many lapses in, in everything? Uh, really multiple 
position groups didn't play great in that first preseason game for the 49ers. So maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan was talking about, just a little more focus and, and coach these guys up and get everybody in a better position to help each other out because it's hard for one player to earn a roster spot when the guy next to him is screwing up and it's hurting his job and his ability to do his job. So um, that I thought that was a super interesting comment by Kyle Shanahan talking about this uh, this preseason game. <laughs> Tobin says in the chat, uh, is Croc a holdout? I, I, I don't think Croc's holding out for more money. Maybe he is. I don't know. It's it's It costs more to live in California than it does in Arkansas. So he's, he's, uh, he's making the move back home. Uh, to Stockton, California, which is really cool. And, and I'm glad he's going to be here. And um, yeah, maybe he is holding out. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get Croc and Nick Bosa uh, in-house very soon here for uh, for everybody here that's listening to this podcast. I think everybody feel a lot better about that. <laughs> everybody going in on on Crocker right now. Croc might be listening, by the way. He's, he's busy, but he's moving. He's lifting stuff, no doubt. And uh maybe patching up holes in walls and things like that in Arkansas. But um, yeah, he might be listening as well. So shout out to Croc if he is listening. We need you back. We need Nick Bosa back with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it would be cool to see the, the ones out there a little bit, right? It, it feels like because every team is playing this a little bit differently because when the league lost the fourth preseason game, like pretty much every team in the league played it the same. Week one preseason, not important. Didn't really play a lot of players. Kind of slowly got into the preseason thing starters played a little bit in preseason week number two and then preseason week three was really the you know maybe you play the first quarter you know some guys that need more work even play an, an entire half and that is your that is your dress rehearsal for the season in preseason week number three and then weeks preseason week number four you don't play any starters you let the bottom of the roster guys fight it out and then you make your cuts uh, losing that preseason week number four, it's interesting to see how some teams have played this thing. And some of them have just basically said, well, we're going to do one, two, three, like we always did and just not do the thing we used to do in preseason week number four. And some teams said, well, we're still going to do the thing we did in preseason week number four. We're going to do that in preseason week number three. And we're going to treat preseason week number two as the dress rehearsal. And a few teams around the league played their starters in preseason week one. The 49ers weren't one of those. The 49ers do seem like one of the teams that is sort of just lopped off that preseason week number four game and and maybe you know maybe add a maybe just play their players a little bit less total throughout the preseason and not quite have the full dress rehearsal but still feels like preseason week three is more dress rehearsally for the 49ers uh, which is pretty on par for what things used to be in preseason football so uh, just kind of getting rid of preseason four which 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 hurts those players that need more reps and needs to to sh- to put some things on film for either making the current team that they're battling on or make another team's roster. It's one less week for some players that uh, that are really fighting for their NFL careers to make an impact and put some things on film that make people want to keep them around, whether it's a current or future football team. Uh, speaking of whether someone's around for a current or f- future football team. Trey Lance is one of those right now for the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, I've been asked a lot about Trey Lance and what I think about his future and if he's going to be on the 49ers this year. And I'm leaning towards him not being around. But I do think there's a lot of over... It's it's sort of over... Like one one half of one preseason game is 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 not a sample size worth making career decisions over right now. 
and Trey didn't play well. You know, gave Trey a stock down. There was some big problems with how Trey played in week number one. And that's why the theme is let it rip for this podcast and for this week. And for really, it should be for Trey for the entire rest of his preseason and maybe the rest of his career. Um, you, you, you can't go out without a fight. You cannot go out without a fight if you are a player that, that might be playing his last couple of football games ever. Now, Trey's going to play more football games after the preseason. Like, just going to happen for him. Some guys might not, though. Some guys, this literally might be the last two football games they ever play in their entire life. So let it rip. Let it rip Trey Lance. Let it rip whoever. You know, 90th man on the roster, Alfredo Gutierrez. Let it rip, guys. You know what I mean? Like, this this might be it for you. Leave it all out there on the field. So that is why let it rip, to me, is the theme for this football game. Okay, more on Trey Lance and uh, Sam Darnold and Kyle Shanahan's comments about how things are going to go in this preseason game. And I want to talk about some players to watch in, in preseason week number two. I want to hear it in the chat as well. Let me know who, which players, you know, which position battles, which players are you more most excited to watch here? in preseason week number two against the Denver Broncos next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. I mean, you see it with football, right? Like how important it is for every specific job to do their exact thing so the next person can do their thing. And I'm sure everyone can think of their own place of business, where they work, what they do for work, even if they're working from home these days, how important it is for someone else to do their job so that you can do your job correctly. So if you are hiring, you got to make sure you got the right cog in your business. That's why LinkedIn jobs is there for you to find the best qualified candidates available. And you have to check out LinkedIn jobs because they help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And everybody's already on LinkedIn anyway. So that's the best place to go looking for potential candidates to hire. All you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile of your business and it spreads the word that you're hiring. And then simple tours, tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and eventually hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. At LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we can get back into the chat here a little bit as well. Big shout out to all the everydayers out there, everybody who's locked in. And I, I always see some familiar names in the chat as soon as we go live, like they're ready to go. And I love seeing that. So uh, I definitely appreciate all of you guys out there. I want to go quickly to Jim here. He says, I heard Manning had a good game. Your thoughts on his chances to make the 53. I don't know. El Manning, he's a really interesting one out of the Hawaii. He's not the biggest guy. Like when you see him stature wise, you think, ah, length wise, he's probably uh, maybe a guard, but he's been playing tackle for the 49ers and he's played tackle pretty well. And I mean, if you only based it on what we saw in preseason week number one, and he's gotten some good reports out of camp, I mean, maybe he's the third best tackle on the team, you know, um, and that's kind of where the 49ers are with their depth right now. So pretty important, uh, pretty important for the 49ers offensive line depth. And I would say that's one competition that is, is really big. Um, you know, I think Chris Furster is a really good 
offensive line coach. And he had his work cut out for him because of how things went in the offseason and what he's got with the second, third team offensive lines. We, we got to see some improvement with the offensive linemen here because uh, I, I think it's pretty wide open. We know who the starting five is. After the starting five, I'm really worried about who the swing tackle is because last year the swing tackle was Colton McKivitz. Well, Colton McKivitz is now a starter. So there, there's no swing tackle that was on the team last year. Jalen Jalen Moore was around. Uh, he, he, he didn't make me feel super comfortable if Trent Williams was going to miss some time, if he was going to step in and play a lot. So I want to see better play from him. El Manning has an opportunity to make the team if he makes some waves, right? Um, and at least I think Manny has a really good shot to stick around on the uh, on the practice squad for sure. And um, some of the interior guys, Nick Sakel had a bad game. I want to see some bounce backs there. And, and that's huge for because, look, small sample. One preseason game, preseason week number one, you can't make career-ending, altering decisions just based on that, whether it's Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Nick Sakel, uh, Ambry Thomas, whoever it is. Ambry Thomas played great. Nick Sakel was bad. I think Nick Sakel would tell you he needs to play better. Uh, Avery Thomas needs to do it again, right? Because I, I think his stock wasn't high coming into the offseason. There's battles everywhere for these players to earn their spot. And just because you had a bad week last week, um, let it rip, right? Like make this week a great week and make make it so they cannot cut you. Make it so you are uh, you are dialed in and they can trust you. You had a bad week, okay it's forgotten because you got it fixed. Right. And and then if you had a good week last week, have another good week, stack your weeks. So you, you make it impossible to be cut. You know, Ambry Thomas, how could you cut a cornerback who's playing at a high level right now? Right. And Ambry Thomas has had just a, a roller coaster of an NFL career so far. Um, I mean, he was non-existent to start his rookie year. He makes huge plays uh, to help the 49ers get into the postseason in tw late 2021 into 2022 and then he's a ghost again in in his in the, the next season and diamondador lenore who was a ghost the year before all of a sudden is the guy who's starting games and making big plays in the playoffs uh, and, and maybe both of them have a big role for the 49ers to play this year then there's deshaun jameson the undrafted rookie so uh those are two really big ones for me with position battles wide open spots the nickel corner spot who are the five best starting defensive backs for you uh, and with the starting unit and then all of the depth for the 49ers in the defensive backfield, whether it be safety and Quantrez Knight and A.J. Parker and uh, Taylor Hawkins had some praise heaped on him recently by the coaching staff. So uh, and of course, the 49ers drafted uh, their, their first draft pick this year, third rounder. He wasn't a first rounder, but Jair Brown, you know, what's his role going to be and, and where is he going to be in the mix with the uh, with the defensive backs as well? We know who the starters are going to be at the safety position, but, um, you know, there's some nickel roles. There's some big nickel roles. There's some dime safety roles. There is, you know, there's a lot to be determined slot corner, outside corners, depth chart wise for a lot of these guys. So I think defensive backfield is massive and I can't wait to talk to Croc about. Uh, and now we have a little gap here because we didn't really talk much about uh, preseason week number one so preseason week one and two now what these defensive backs look like and how that battle is shaping up for uh for the starters and the depth and the the roster the 53 man roster as well with those defensive backs that's a big one and of course that depth on the offensive line right away those are two huge huge battles for me and i think a lot is wide open and i think there are players that we didn't expect had a great shot to make the roster that the door has been 
left a, a crack open and maybe even kicked wide open for some of these players to really ball out the next couple of weeks and and earn a roster spot. And, and maybe it's just a practice squad spot, but maybe it's the final 53 as well. And that's including undrafted guys and undrafted rookies. So there's, there's some talent out there, and there's uh, a lot of competition to be had. I want to go really quick back to the quarterbacks and, and finish up that conversation before I talk about some more position groups. And I love seeing everybody in the chat here that's, that's showing up and hanging out with me tonight. And uh, and uh, some really good, some really good ones actually here in the chat. I, I love the listeners. I love how pumped everyone gets. How about spy Nick Danger here, who's always with us. Appreciate you, man. And I always see the flames, and I always see you every time we go live. I, I love that. I love all the everydayers out there. So, uh, Darnold's going first. Darnold is going to play the first half, and that might be minus a series or two, according to Kyle Shanahan, if the starters do play. And if um, if Brock Purdy's out there for a series or two, then Darnold will go and he'll finish the first half. And it's going to go to Trey Lance. Now, I'm not sure if Trey Lance is going to play the entire second half and we're not going to see Brandon Allen or if Lance is going to get the same treatment that Darnold got and just get kind of third quarter, and then Brandon Allen comes in and play the fourth quarter. I It sounds like uh, it sounds like there's not going to be much time for Brandon Allen in this game. I would be shocked if Brandon Allen gets like the entire fourth quarter or anything. He maybe gets a series at the end if Kyle has seen enough and and Trey gets a lot of reps. But Kyle wanted Trey to play even more than the, you know, he, he wanted more snaps for Trey Lance last week. And, and the first half just didn't give them enough. They didn't have enough long drives, and they went three and out too many times to start the game. So um, Kyle wants to see more Trey Lance, and Kyle should want to see more Trey Lance, and, and we all need to see more Trey Lance. So, uh, look, Brandon Allen, we kind of know what he is, and he's pretty safe with what the idea of him is. The idea of what Trey Lance is, I mean, man, ask 149ers fans. You're going to get 100 different answers of Trey Lance. So, uh, let's see Trey Lance as much as possible, and uh, we don't need to see a lot of Brandon Allen. So if if Darnold's playing the rest of the first half, if the starters play or not, then I think we should probably see Trey Lance the entire second half. That's that's the way I feel about it. And I've said it once already. Uh, it's it's you know it's on the thumbnail of the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, Trey, my guy, let it rip. I mean that. Kyle Shanahan talked about the interception or the interceptable ball that ended up being a touchdown pass by Trey Lance. And he was asked about it and he liked it and he liked it because Trey let it rip. And he was asked about all the, the interceptions that Brock Purdy was throwing in practice. And he used the words, let it rip. This is, this was Kyle Shanahan's quote when asked about Brock Purdy. And uh, if, his, if his quarterbacks needed to cut down on the interceptions in practice, this is what Kyle Shane had to say, quote, you never want interceptions in any situation. There's never one answer. Each one is different. I definitely like having interceptions a lot more in practice than in games. One thing Brock does is he lets it rip. He's not worried about anything else. He's especially not worried about people counting his interceptions at practice. That doesn't mean they're all right but I do like him letting it rip. I like him to learn from things that he can't get away with things that he can get away with. And I think our defense has got the, their hands on a lot of balls, not just Brock's. I definitely want our quarterbacks to cut down on them, but I also want them to make real throws and make mistakes to learn from them. So 
make the mistakes in practice, learn exactly what you can and cannot do in practice so you don't make those mistakes in games. And uh, once again, yes, if it was not clear, let it rip. It's what Kyle wants to see. And I think it's the, the, the uh, you know, Trey's got to, Trey's got to play with a chip on his shoulder. Trey's got to have a killer instinct. Trey's got to say, I will not lose this job without a fight. And um, he he might be, he might be auditioning for 31 other teams in the NFL. He might be auditioning to stick around and be the number two for the 49ers. And as we've seen with recent years with the San Francisco 49ers, the number two quarterback is one play away from being the number one quarterback. And, the number three quarterbacks, two plays away from being the number one quarterback. So Trey Lance, let it rip. And, and, and that's the, the biggest device I have for Trey. And, and that's what I want to see. And the results almost matter less than him not being at all hesitant and trusting it, trusting it, seeing it. And um, a, a killer instinct is, is crucial. It's crucial to be an NFL quarterback. That's what I, always, that's what I want to see from Trey. And look, it's a good lesson for all the players and especially everyone battling for a roster spot for the 49ers or any other team and, and maybe for your your own career in your own life, right? Let it rip. All right. More of players to watch and my favorite battles in preseason week number two next. Thank you once again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, appreciate the everydayer so much. You can be an everydayer. It's easy. Just hang out. You know we're going to be here every day for you, so subscribe on YouTube or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Okay. Rico says, who are the bubble players on offense and defense that you are rooting for? I mean, I'm rooting for all of them, really. Uh, I, I think some of my favorite players to watch are... I really like Jason Poe. I don't know why. I think it's just, you know, probably been overlooked his whole life because he's only six feet tall. There was that screen pass that Jordan Mason turned his head a little too soon and dropped that was set up to have a big gain. And big boy is out on the run. Uh, number 51. He was moving. And Jason Poe was out there, and he was ready to block not only linebacker but probably some DBs. And he was out in front, and that was going to go for a while. And and that's his strength is is how he he gets out on the move. So um, I'm excited about him. I, I, it'd be cool if he's able to earn a roster spot. I wanted to see him play a little bit more at center. I thought he'd be a nice fit at center, but um, he's been working mostly at left guard. Zakel was at right guard, uh, and, and I like the the reclamation stories too. Like Nick Zakel was bad last week. Nick Zakel is almost like look, you can't be on the field because nobody else can get their work in because you're playing so bad and getting beat too often. And the 49ers have talked highly of Nick Zakel. And I want to see, I want to see him flip it, flip that script. You know, I want to see him play better. Uh, we saw Aaron Banks rookie year. It was like, Oh man, this guy might not be a fit for the offense. Couldn't get on the field as a rookie. Couldn't even dress. He's a second round pick. He's a top 50 pick. He's like, man, did they just blow a top 50 pick on this guard. Who's not even going to play for them. Then year two is like, oh, dude, guy could play. All right. You know, um, might we see that from some other players? We've seen Ambry Thomas and Dion Miller and Lenore completely swap spots. And, oh, this guy's completely forgotten. Oh, no, actually, he's going to be a starter now. It's like, what? And then the other, and then it flipped back the other way. So um, I, I really like that. And, and even players that I think aren't good, my evaluation of them is like, ah, I don't know if this guy's going to make it. And they prove me wrong. I love that. So 
uh, give me more of that. So th- those are those are some of my favorite players. Uh, and that's okay if you prove me wrong. In fact, I, I, I like it when players prove me wrong. That gets me gets me a little bit excited, especially when someone's felt like they left they're left for dead and all of a sudden they're they're a big time player. Um uh offensive line depth, defensive line depth, those are huge. Tobin in the chat says, uh, I think they try to get Danny Gray involved. Yeah, he's been involved in practice this week. He didn't play in the last game. I think it's really important for him to get a lot of reps. And, you know, the two big arm quarterbacks in Sam Darnold and Trey Lance, he has opportunities to make some plays down the field. Um, I think it's really important to see his development, his development as a route runner, see if he's got a little bit more nuance in his routes because just speed is not enough in the NFL. Um, and and we, we spoke a lot about it with Croc and, and how he can set things up a little bit better and, uh, I want to see more of that from from Danny Gray for sure. But there's a good opportunity for Danny Gray. And, and you know, wide receivers are really good competition as well. Kyle was asked about that this week, about wide receivers and how many are going to keep. And he said, it kind of, basically, it made it sound like, oh, we really love to keep five, but now Ray Ray's hurt, so we're going to have to keep six, including Ray Ray. So there's going to be five others. And we kind of know who three or four of them are going to be. Danny Gray's probably the fourth one of the others, right? You would think. Um, maybe there's a t- an opportunity for Tay Martin or Ronnie Bell to steal Danny Gray's job. Would they cut a third rounder for the second straight year after training camp? Last year it was Trey Sermon. Could it be Danny Gray this year? I think it's probably doubtful, but uh, Danny Gray's got to show something. Ronnie Bell's, he looked good. He looked ready to play. And Tay Martin's shown some things on film. Uh, Chris Connolly's been a favorite target of all the quarterbacks, it seems like, of practice and in preseason week number one. So um, I think who that who that fifth wide receiver who's going to be on the uh, on the active roster, who's the sixth total counting Ray Ray McLeod, who's probably not going to be ready to start the season. Uh, I think that's a really good battle there. And uh, it really comes down to who can we not afford to – like who would hurt us if we lost them? Like, would it hurt if you if you cut Ronnie Bell, the seventh rounder, and someone else claimed him off of waivers and you didn't get to put him on the practice squad? Would that hurt? Would that hurt more than losing Chris Connolly, even though Chris Connolly might be more ready to play now? Would it hurt more than Willie Sneed, even though he's the veteran? Th- those are the questions the 49ers have to ask themselves. And I have a feeling with some of these cases, with some of these younger players, um, we saw it last year with with Jordan Jordan Mason. It would have hurt more to lose Jordan Mason than Trey Sermon. So they said, you know what? Oh, we're going to keep him. But you know what? We can't find a trade for Trey, Trey Sermon. So you know what? Sorry, dude. Jordan Mason's better. We like him better, dude. Uh, sorry. You know, we drafted you in the third round. I know. By the way, Trey, Mace, Trey uh, Sermon made a nice little 30-yard touchdown run in the Eagles preseason game Thursday night. Uh, I thought it was, it was funny because um, some people got excited about it. And, and Trey Sermon, I mean, it's, you know, it's not a knock on him as a human being, as a football player and as a runner, it looked exactly like a lot of the runs that Trey Sermon made for the 49ers, except the hole was there. So he hit a big one, but it's like, kind of like, okay, I'm going to go here. Now I'm going to kind of go lateral, go lateral. And then, Oh, there's space. I'm going to take it. Uh, He had too many runs like that where there wasn't space and he, you know, short gain, no gain minus yards. Uh, I I just, I, I don't, he's too laterally too. he's not that explosive to be a guy who's moving laterally as much as he does, 
You know, he's like a big guy who plays a small man's game, and I just don't know if that's going to work out for for Trey Sermon in the NFL. I like the angry running style of Jordan Mason and and Ty Davis Price getting downhill a little bit sooner. And I know I know Kyle Shanahan likes that style a lot more as well. By the way, the running backs, um, and, and maybe this is part of the coaching that Kyle Shanahan's talking about. Can we clean up the pass protection with the running backs? Can we get out in the pass route sooner so the quarterbacks have an outlet to throw the ball to? Get your stinking head around. And uh, when the quarterback does make the throw, make the catch. I mean, I know it's going to be a a Christian McCaffrey-centric offense for the 49ers, but come on, guys. Uh, The other running backs have to be able to catch the ball when your feet are standing still. Um, There could have been a huge gain for Jordan Mason on a screen pass last week. Ty Davis-Price, there was a – I mean, he – JTO Sullivan absolutely murdered Ty Davis Price in his Sam Darnold breakdown because of all of the uh, all of the pass protection snafus that uh, that number thirty two had in the preseason week one game, and he's a big guy. Ty Davis Price is a big guy. That's something you think he would be able to be good at pass protection, but if there's one thing that'll keep a young running back off of the field in the NFL, it's not being able to to hold up in pass pro. So if you're looking for an indicator, you're looking for a key for why Jordan Mason uh, might make the team or might be higher on the, I think they're both going to make the team. I think we know who the four running backs are going to be as long as Elijah Mitchell's healthy. Um, It's probably pass pro. It's going to make the biggest difference, but uh, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan wants to see any of these guys on the field. If, if uh, Christian McCaffrey's healthy, but he's going to need some, he's going to need some rest. Like Christian McCaffrey, you can't give him, he played 20 games last year. You can't give him, 20, 25 touches every single week again and expect him to be healthy in January. It's just not smart for running backs. So some of these guys got to step up, got to show your value in the passing game, not only catching the ball, but in pass pro as well. Oh, here we go. We got McKivitz, Colton McKivitz, number one fan in the chat. Charles says, I'm McKivitz, number one fan, but really skeptical of his play. (laughs) I'm wondering what, what part, what, what made you a fan of his if you're so skeptical of his play? I like that. Uh, I, I'm. I don't know what to expect from Colton McKivitz because he's under athletic. Uh, you know, he's he's got an anchor. He's so different from from Daniel from uh, not Daniel Brunskill from Mike McGlinchey. By the way, Mike McGlinchey is going to be in the house. Forty Nineers get a chance to to pass rush against Mike McGlinchey this week. Uh, oh, okay, so fifth. Okay, so Charles is saying it's the fifth-round pick magic that the 49ers have is why he expects so much out of Colton McKivitz. Man, the 49ers have been amazing late rounds of the draft. I mean, it's it's really crazy what the whole Trey Lance process has brought the 49ers and all they spent to get him, and the fact that the 49ers are still good and have so many good players on the roster with how great they've drafted on day three. I mean, it's amazing. It's really amazing where the 49ers are. Unconventional roster, unconventional football team. For sure. And uh, it's fun. It's a fun team to cover because it's so weird, really. It's made the fans kind of crazy. I think 49ers fans are way more neurotic right now than they were five years ago. I mean, and it's not even close. Like 49ers fans are, are kind of weird right now. And uh, and, and they're, they're just following the lead of the organization because the organization has done weird things and playing in important football games will make fans weird too. And not being able to get over that hump to win one really hurts fans. And I think makes them even more. I think, I think being close and losing is, is much more 
impactful on the psyche of sports fans than just being bad. Because when you're just bad, you just blame ownership and you kind of have this camaraderie and everybody's together. It was like, ah, oh, we, we, we haven't won anything for 20 years and we're all in this together. We're lowly fans of this bad franchise and hopefully ownership sells the team and we'll be good one day and, or maybe we'll get lucky and find that one franchise quarterback or whatever. But if things are going well and you're losing, then fans start to fracture and, there's a, you know, there's a group over here that thinks that this is the reason. There's a group over here that thinks this is the reason. And it gets kind of wild. And that's where we are right now. Absolutely. Uh, somewhat tox- toxic, as Kitty says here in the chat. Absolutely. Uh, tight end battle. Love the tight end battle. Fumagalli entering his name in the chat saying, you know what? I'm involved in this tight end competition as well. Two rookies. A couple of veterans have been on the roster for a while. Fumagalli was kind of, you know, the practice squad guy last year, but he's been a veteran in the NFL. And he said, I'm in the mix. And he had the best game in preseason week one. If he does it again, I don't know if you can cut Fumagalli. And he might even be tight end two for the 49ers. So two through six tight ends, that is up for grabs. And I love it. Uh, So that's going to be a fun one as well. So those are my favorite battles for the 49ers. The the players to watch is um, obviously Trey Lance. Obviously, Sam Darnold, if Brock Purdy and the ones get to play, that'll be a lot of fun for a couple of snaps, at at least for the 49ers. Uh, I think it's pretty even between Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price. That's a good one. Uh, Wide receiver six. Who's that going to be? Who's going to make the practice squad? Who who proves that they are invaluable that you cannot cut because you can't lose them? I think that's a, a similar story for both the the end of the wide receiver group and the end of the the defensive back group. But the defensive backs now got super interesting, and it's almost like the 49ers are like, oh, nope, Isaiah Oliver ain't it. So Isaiah Oliver, big week for you, man. Let it rip, right? Uh, Because there's some people knocking on your door, and and all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's almost like, oh, the 49ers don't like this guy after all, and and it's wide open. So he can can kind of solidify that and be like, ah, nope, never mind. This this isn't open. I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the nickel guy. And you guys can all, you know, get in line behind me. So uh, those are some of my favorite position battles this week. Offensive line depth, defensive line depth, of course, are, are big ones as well for the 49ers right now. And I can't wait for preseason week number two. And hopefully they play a little bit better. And as Kyle said, are coached a little bit better against the Denver Broncos on Saturday. And of course, post game, we'll be here for you. Croc will be back. And We'll have it all broken down in every direction all week long next week right here. Locked on 49ers.